like we have this one guy that comes to the festival, Zip Code Man. And you, anyone in the crowd can say a zip code and he'll tell you where that is, what the pizza joint is that's next to it. And that's Ron Bailey, and he is the founder of Seattle's Moisture Festival. If you want to find out more about Zip Code Man, you're going to have to stay around for this edition of Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, our host and producer of Voices of Experience. Ron Bailey and his wife started something that has become synonymous with the coming of spring, and that is the Moisture Festival. It is probably one of the best-kept secrets for live entertainment, and it begins in Seattle this Thursday, March 14th, and runs through April 7th, and it actually is staged in Fremont. And uh, again, we'll talk about more about the Moisture Festival as I visited with Ron Bailey a couple of months ago. It's a fascinating. I've been to several of these productions, and it's really amazing. So uh, that's why I want to cover it. Talk show host John Carlson and retired General Peter Gerelli, they had a debate uh, several weeks ago about gun control, and I wanted to play what uh, John Carlson had to say, and what the uh, general had to say about that. And later on, I will be speaking to a gentleman by the name of Sam Kaplan. He is the past president of the Trade and Development Alliance of Greater Seattle and is publisher of International Need to Know, a weekly newsletter presenting essential, under-the-radar information and data on the international economy. Now, I've read this newsletter for several months, and uh, it is not as dry as it may seem. I think in the day-to-day things that we're going through today with uh, all of the back and forth between the parties and the president and all that, we need to get some information that really matters. And the reason I have Sam on the show today is he covers information that really matters. And Bill Maher, if you listen to the show for any length of time, you know that I Do take little snippets from his show, HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. Today he talks about CPAC, and that's the Conservative Political Action Conference that just took place a couple of weeks ago, and he includes some comments about Donald Trump's two-hour and 20-minute speech. So you're listening again to Voices of Experience, and uh, we'll be back in just a few moments uh, with Ron Bailey, and he'll be talking about the Moisture Festival for this upcoming session. You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. So I just introduced uh, Ron Bailey and just a couple of things before I play the interview I had with him. Uh, First of all, it does take place starting the, again this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. More specifically, it's at Hales Palladium Theater in Fremont. And again, that runs through April 7th. And the Moisture Festival has variety shows, musicians, vaudeville, live comedy, rope acts, dancers. You really can't describe it. You have to go see it. So this is an interview I had with him, just a part of the interview I had with him a couple of months ago. And I asked him, what in his mind is the Moisture Festival all about? Well, it's definitely variety acts, and 
what makes it kind of exciting for me is people develop these skills on their own. Becoming a fantastic juggler, becoming a part of a duo acrobatics act, uh, becoming part of an aerial act, or walking on a, on a tightrope or a slack rope. So it's like individuals developing these skills and then realizing that there aren't many places that feature that kind of an art form as the main event. Like you'll see it at corporate events, you'll see it at uh, folk life, you'll see it here, you'll see it there. But we wanted to present it as an actual art form. We consider the variety arts to be like, like the ballet. There are people that develop unusual skills. And so part of the fun of it is finding those unusual skills. Like we have this one guy that comes to the festival, Zip Code Man. And you, anyone in the crowd can say a zip code and he'll tell you where that is, what the pizza joint is that's next to it. And, you know, people I haven't have, seen him. Oh, it's unbelievable. I must be <laughs> you know, those types of, of people who that, yeah. do that. And at first people think, oh, everyone's planted in the audience. Then you realize, no, there's no way that could be true. So he has that skill. We had a guy from New Zealand who, rubber band boy, and he his act was putting rubber bands around his face, hundreds of rubber bands, so it would become so funny what his face looked like uh, after all of these. I missed that bands. one too. Sorry about that. I got to go to more of these. <laughs> and of course, wow. great magicians uh, come to the festival. I've seen those. And, I mean, those uh, are incredible. Really incredible. Yeah. And the thing about it is there at Hales Palladium is it's a very intimate setting. Uh, so you feel very connected to the performer. But... It's variety acts, and so where do they come from? It's people's desire to do this performing, and we give them a stage on which to do something they've developed on their own, you know. And they come from all around the world. All around the world. And they don't get paid much. <laughs> they I don't know get that. paid much. Well, they're, to our uh, fortune, good fortune, they recognize that we're trying to bring this art form to the forefront. To, we, we want to make people aware that the variety arts are just exciting and it's not a nostalgic thing. These are people developing these unusual skills right now today and they, they come up with the, with the funniest and most unique things and so it's not something that we're delving into the past to find. These are performers that are currently performing around the world and entertaining people. And so, as I was saying earlier, when they come to the festival, they also get to hang out. And where did you perform? Where have you been? Oh, I was at a club in so-and-so, and, and it's happening there. You should check that out. And so one of the big, another big draw for them to come to Seattle is that they get to hang out with other performers doing this. And wor working at the festival has led some of them to go on to Cirque du Soleil, uh, go on to Teatro Zinzani. Um, so it's been a good connection for the artists, which we really enjoy. And, and then when they're performing next to each other, there's a wonderful competition, which I think is another reason why the audiences benefit at the festival. 
because these artists are more or less showing off <laughs> for the other artists, right? And so, yeah, so it's just variety arts. It's everything under the sun. Yeah, I just say you really have to come and see it and, and, <laughs> and be one of these people, as you mentioned earlier, for a Seattle person who does like to explore different entertainment right. opportunities, this is certainly a place to go. Let's uh, describe Timetable. I know you have a New Year's Eve uh, show coming up. Yeah, we do a couple of uh, big fundraisers for the festival. One is our auction in October, and then we do a New Year's Eve party, and, um, and that helps fund the next year's festival. And it's usually a lot of fun. All right, that's uh, Ron Bailey. And again, he is the founder of the Moisture Festival. He was talking about a New Year's Eve event coming up. Of course, we're past that. As I said, this dem- uh, interview I had with him was in early December. Really interesting that it seems so far away that the Moisture Festival was coming up. But it is right on us again. And again, it starts at Hales Palladium Theater in Fremont on March 14th, this Thursday, and runs through April 7th. You can go to moisturefestival.org to find out more about it. attended a meeting of the uh, downtown Seattle Rotary Club, and on this particular day, they had a debate on gun control. Retired U.S. Army General Peter Chiarelli argued for increased gun control measures, and John Carlson from the Washington Policy Center and conservative talk show host argued against. First, you will hear John Carlson talking about reasons for not having more gun control, followed by a response from General Peter Chiarelli. There's four things that we want to do, need to do, if we want to get a handle on gun violence in this country, whether it is criminal, whether it is by suicide, whether it is by mass shooting. The first I already mentioned, and that is dramatically increase the penalties on people who steal firearms or who sell them. The second, and this is a long time in coming, we have got to ease confinement standards for the violently mentally ill in this country. Uh, There are a lot of people who for their own good and for the safety of others uh, should simply be given in the name of compassion for them, uh, three meals a day, ongoing care, not just left to wander the streets at night. I get up in the middle of the night to do my show, I drive through downtown and it's so tragic It's so sad seeing people who might not even know where they are or what they're doing just (laughs) roaming and staggering. Surely something should be done for these people. The third is that we need to find practical ways to keep mentally ill people from accessing firearms, and I think it means presidential leadership and from Congress to make it happen, and and fourth, rather, Uh, suicide prevention measures on a very proactive basis. 
Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Retired U.S. Army General you know, Peter Chiarelli's response. I would ask response. you to look at this debate to, to, and, and, and move up to the 40,000-foot level. Move away from the fringes, as Mark told us to do. Look at it in totality and understand why it is in a country that supposedly is a democracy with leaders elected who are supposed to represent us that when 92% of Americans feel that we need to do something about this problem, absolutely nothing has been done. That is the real issue we're faced with here. And that's what everybody ought to be asking themselves. Why is it it hasn't happened? All right, big round of applause. Thank you, guys. That's John Carlson speaking for no further measures for gun control and a response from retired U.S. Army General Peter Chiarelli. Bill Maher is coming up in his uh, weekly TV show on HBO, Real Time with Bill Maher. And again, this is just a short snippet of what he had on his uh, New Rules segment. <laughs> and finally, New Rules. Stop acting so surprised that Trump thinks he's God's gift to America because that's exactly what evangelicals keep telling him he is. Last weekend, conservatives had their big annual convention, which featured such speakers as Glenn Beck, Devin Nunes, Judge Jeanine Pirro, and of course, Trump himself. It was a virtual Woodstock of the mentally impaired. <laughs> and one speaker, Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, <laughs> said this. I see the greatest president in history. Of course he is. He was chosen by God. Yeah, Mike's pillows are made from foam, but his head is stuffed with feathers. <laughs> but, but Mike's belief there is not unique. A significant portion of our population believes that in 2016, God put Donald Trump in office. And I was giving all the credit to Putin. <laughs> and if you watch the 700 Club regularly, like I do, you know that evangelicals are now making the claim that Trump is a modern-day version of King Cyrus. King Cyrus. He's King, King, King Cyrus. Yes, King Cyrus. In the Bible. Why Cyrus? Well, because evangelicals needed to solve this little problem they have, which is that they want to support a Republican president, but this particular one happens to be the least Christian person ever. A man who loves flesh-peddling, coveting, cursing, cheating, bullying, bragging, sloth, adultery, and ripping off charities. Cyrus is just more evidence that the Bible will always be used as a justifier for whatever you want. Jeff Sessions used Romans 13 to justify the child snatching at the border. Senator Kevin Kramer used Thessalonians to argue for throwing families off food stamps because it says, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Senator Inhofe uses Genesis to deny climate change because that's where it says, as long as the earth remains, there will be springtime. <laughs> it just starts in January now. <laughs> you know... <clears throat> you almost have to respect their focus. They decide what they want, and they work backwards to find a few phrases in the Bible to justify it. 
Us secular types, we don't have that luxury. We see Trump colluding. We can't point to Isaiah 45. All we have is U.S. Code 2381, <laughs> the part that says whoever gives aid and comfort to the enemy is guilty of treason. You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. Sam Kaplan is on the line, and we appreciate you coming, Sam, to uh, talk to us today. I gave you an introduction. I don't know whether you heard it or not with some about your background in, uh, as the president of the Trade Development Alliance of Greater Seattle. And, of course, what got me interested in talking to you is your e-newsletter, International Need to Know. And uh, welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I did hear the introduction, and also I'm looking forward to going to the Moisture Festival. That was, that was fascinating. You are? Okay, great. Maybe we'll see you there. Um, it's opening night, again, April 7th at 7.30. Ron Bailey should be very happy with me. I've been really plugging uh, his uh, event. It's it's a magnificent thing he's done. Let's start with your uh, e-newsletter. I find it very fascinating because when I kind of read about international economy sometimes, I read The Economist or something, you know, it's kind of like dry. It gets, uh, of course, The Economist is well done. But nonetheless, it can be a dry subject. But you bring it to life, I think. How did you get that inspiration, and why do you think that this is important for us to know about? Well, thanks so much. I, re- I really appreciate it. Well, you know, I, I started writing it uh, when I was leaving my previous job, and I was starting my own consulting business, and I wanted to figure out a way to try and keep my name out there for potential business. And I like to write. I've done a lot of writing in my professional and personal life, so I thought of the idea of putting together this weekly e-newsletter and decided to call it International Needs to Know. Uh, and originally I was just going to put up three graphs, each week and make it nice and simple and easy. But like I say, I like to write, but I couldn't help myself from starting to write about the graph. Uh, and then eventually I found information that wasn't uh, lending itself to graphs, so I'd write up that type of information as well. And of course, you can't just publish three stories each week. You have to have an introduction, or at least I need to have an introduction. So I started writing these introductions uh, that would not necessarily talk about international stuff, but just things that I happened to think about that week. And uh, you know, fairly quickly, it moved from being just something out there to help my business to getting its own life and taking on a life of its own, and I started getting a nice following, and uh, I just have continued to publish it since then. Do you think you. Uh, we as a people, let's say generally, and again, this is a very sweeping question, we're missing a lot because of the political climate that we're in today? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I know we're in a time where a lot of people kind of want to look inward within our country, but the rest of the world has a way of uh, inserting itself onto us. And you certainly see that, whether what's going on in China or just uh, about an hour or so ago, there was a new Brexit vote uh, voting down the latest deal. All this affects uh, our country and certainly affects the Seattle area, where 40% of jobs are tied to international trade in one way or another. So it's really important information. The Economist does a great job. Uh, I try and cover things that aren't always covered by everybody else. I try and do it in an entertaining way if I can. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's as I say, it's very well written. And a uh, question, I'm just going to throw this out and please right or wrong or, or whatever. We were so focused on Russia as being the country that we need to fear the most and this inquiry with Trump and everything has been going on to Ignazium and hopefully we'll get the truth someday. Not so sure, but maybe. I see the biggest threat as China. What do you think? Well, you know, it, it, 
depends on what you're talking about. In terms of, you know, Russia gets all the publicity for hacking and, and cyber uh, mischief. But you're right, China does that as much as Russia and is probably more powerful at it in a lot of ways. Maybe not so much on election interfering, but in other ways. Uh, China is going to be important, whether it's a threat or not, because uh, it's so big. The second largest economy in the world, in some people's calculations, it's the largest economy in the world. It's a country of 1.4 billion people. It is always going to be important. So it's, uh, uh, whether it's a threat or not, I, I think what it is, it's going to be something we're all going to reckon with over the coming years. Uh, I do have my concerns about China as well. Uh, you know, most of us thought that China would progress the way Taiwan did, the way South Korea did, or some other Asian tigers, and develop economically and then liberalize politically. Uh, but it has not liberalized politically. In fact, uh, under President Xi, it has become more repressive, which is something of concern, I think, for, for the whole world, uh, as well as it's, um, the way they do business there is different than the way the United States does business. We have much more rule of law in the United States and in Europe and other places. If China becomes the most prominent place business-wise, and the way business is done in China starts to sweep around the world, we're going to go back in time to the way business was done you know, 150 years ago, where you don't have as much rule of law. So it's, it's a huge thing. I think it's definitely something to be concerned with, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this is all dealt with over the coming years. I'm not sure the current administration is handling it in the best way. I think it's great that they have turned attention to China, but I'm not sure they're handling it the way I would handle it. Well, it just seems to me what they do, and again, this is my opinion on it, it's just all to score points and try to do what he can win with his base today, and it's not really looking at the long term. That would be my uh, assessment of it. But you know, yeah, I, I don't disagree, and I, I think you could accomplish a lot more by working with uh, people around the world, different countries around the world. You know, the United States is not the only ones that have concerns about China uh, over economic matters and other matters. I think there were there were some natural alliances that could have been created uh, that unfortunately have not been created. Rather than me continue to give my impressions of the world, I have someone here who knows a heck of a lot more than me about it. I'd also like to ask you what you think, what's going on really well in the world. What is going right? Well, I've written a couple of times about what I think is the most underrated country in the world, which is Ethiopia. It's had the highest uh, GDP growth rate over the last eight or nine years. They have a new uh, president of the country who's been very reform-minded, uh, both economically and politically, and, and uh, politically uh, he's been made peace with Eritrea, the country next door. He re- recently redid his cabinet. So he has half women in his cabinet and, and trying to reach out to a variety of uh, rebels that have been in, in Ethiopia. So Ethiopia is one place I think it's worth looking at. And then in general, despite all the problems there are in the world, people forget about how much better the world is now than it was even 30, 40 years ago. Uh, there's much more, much less infant mortality. There's more literacy in the world. Uh, women's rights are improved throughout the world. It's just a much better world that we're living in. It's, and in general, it's been a more peaceful world as well, with some, some hiccups here and there. Now, we, we've had some difficulties in the last few years uh, in Europe, in the United States, and other places, and maybe we're at a hinge moment where things are going to get more difficult. But, you know, we're probably living in one of the most peaceful, and certainly the most profitable prosperous time in human history. And I, and I try and write about that as well in my newsletter. I think, I think it's easy to get caught up in the difficult times we're having and, and, and forget about all the good times that are happening as well. How would someone get your newsletter? Not that we're done with the interview yet, but we're going to all of a sudden hit a point right after go, hey, we're going to have to run. 
if someone wanted to get your newsletter, and I highly suggest that they do if they want to stay plugged in, how would they do that? Sure, that, that's great. So uh, they can go to my website, getusglobal.com, and it's getus, it's G-I-T as in Tom, T as in Tom, E, S as in Sam, global.com, and they can click on the on a button there. They can uh, subscribe to it. You can also send me an email at samk at getusglobal.com. Getusglobal.com. Getusglobal.com, all one word? Uh, correct. And that's G-I-T-T-E-S, global.com. Got it. So, this from Chinatown. Good to know. So I also have read that uh, that the number one thing that people need in the world to lift them up or stop disease and things like that is clean water. Is that true? Uh, well, I think that's one of the things. It's certainly one of the millennial goals of the uh, World Bank and uh, the United Nations. So, yeah, I think that's one of them. And, you know, it's one of the things that gets unrecognized. People talk a lot about air pollution in China and India and other places. That's relatively more easy to clean. Uh, dirty water and also uh, soil uh, remediation is a much more difficult challenge. And so it's, it's great that you raise that because it's, it's both a challenge and it's a more difficult challenge than the air pollution that people talk about more often. Excellent. Well, you know what? I told you 10 minutes was going to go really fast. And guess what? We're up at 10 minutes right now. So uh, anyhow, I appreciate you coming on the show. I would like to have you back because I think uh, we've just scratched the surface on many things. And I call the show Voices of Experience, and you certainly are that. Thanks so much. Always uh, appreciate it, and love to come back sometime. I really appreciate your thinking of me. Thank you, Sam. Have a nice day. Hi. Thank you. And that's Sam Kaplan, and again, he is the publisher of an e-commerce uh, email, which is uh, International Need to Know. And again, if you would like to get a copy of that or get onto his list, you can go to gittisglobal.com. That's G I. T-T-E-S. And Eric, what, how many, much time do we have? One minute. Okay. So we have one minute to go. And so we're going to wrap this up. And I would like to, again, thank uh, the people we've had on the show today. Uh, the most recent ones, Sam Kaplan, Ron Bailey, John Carlson, retired General Pe- uh, Peter Giarelli, and of course, Bill Maher, unknown to him, of course, that he uh, was here to share his wisdom and experience with us today. You want to listen to the show, any show uh, from the past, you can go to KKNW and click on to archives. Just click on to Voices of Experience, follow the directions, and you will get to the right place. Again, my name is Paul Casey, your host and producer of Voices of Experience, and we will be back next week at Tuesday at uh, 4.30 p.m. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.